Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing. And for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening. Am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's Wednesday, November 8th. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. In today's PDB, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declares that Israel is preparing to take a more active role in Gaza's security when the conflict ends. It's a controversial decision that abandons decades of Israeli policy. Later in the program, South Korean intelligence agencies are giving new insight into the deadly blossoming alliance and mutual aid between Russia and North Korea, as Putin's relationship with the West continues to deteriorate. Finally, in today's Back of the Brief, the deepening divide between Americans over the Israel-Hamas conflict, it takes a tragic turn. But first up, the PDB Spotlight. I wanted to start off today's episode with more of our ongoing analysis of what Gaza might look like once the Israel-Hamas conflict is over, if it ever ends. In a striking statement, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced that Israel will play a continuing role in the security of Gaza when the war concludes. This revelation came during an ABC News interview where Netanyahu emphasized the necessity of Israeli security oversight to prevent the escalation of Hamas terror. The Prime Minister said, quote, I think Israel will, for an indefinite period, will have the overall security responsibility because we've seen what happens when we don't have it. When we don't have that security responsibility, he said, what we have is the eruption of Hamas terror on a scale that we couldn't imagine, end quote. This development marks a stark reversal of Israeli policy that has stood for nearly two decades. To understand why this is such a big deal, a brief history lesson is important. Now, back in 2005, Israel, under Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, executed a policy of disengagement. Under this policy, all Israeli settlements were evacuated from the Gaza Strip and parts of the West Bank. Although Israel retained authority over the airspace, borders, and coast, it ended its permanent military and civilian presence in these enclaves. Now, if Israel takes control of Gaza's security, it signifies the end of the disengagement strategy and the reestablishment of Israeli security forces on the ground in Gaza, and a return 
to the combustible situation that existed prior to 2005. So why would Israel willingly re-enter such a volatile situation? The answer lies in the lack of reliable alternatives. The international community, essentially, can't be trusted to look after Israel's security. If you need evidence of that fact, well, you need look no further than the United Nations. Since October 7th, the international body has been, let's see, I'm looking for a word, useless, that's the word, I suppose that fits the bill, when it comes to this conflict. And in reality, a not insignificant number of UN members have actually been antagonistic toward Israel. Just this week, the United Nations Security Council once again failed to pass a resolution on the conflict, unable to agree on whether they should demand a, quote, humanitarian ceasefire or, quote, humanitarian pauses, neither of which takes into account Israel's best interests. To further cast doubt on the UN's impartiality, a report by a UK-based think tank has accused staff members at the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees of actually celebrating the Hamas-led massacre on October 7th. The think tank alleges that at least 14 employees publicly praised the attack and other acts of violence by Hamas on their social media. Well, and of course... We've discussed previously here on the PDB the surreal fact that Iran now chairs a United Nations Human Rights Forum. Just in case you missed that, currently Iran chairs a United Nations Human Rights Forum. This brings us to the question that is central to Israeli concerns. Can an organization that has members applauding violence against Israelis be trusted with ensuring their security? Well, Israel seems to have made its answer clear. When it comes to their national security, they prefer to take matters into their own hands. Now, there's little doubt that Netanyahu's comments regarding the need for Israel to play an ongoing role in Gaza's security going forward will result in outrage from the free Palestine crowd, Hamas supporters, the Iranian regime, of course, and all the usual voices that line up against Israel on a fairly regular basis. While it's contentious to be sure, it is worth asking, what other options does Israel have? Hamas has proven over the past almost two decades that they mean what their charter says, the ultimate destruction of Israel. And Hamas has also demonstrated an inability, really it's an unwillingness, to improve the lives of the Gazan residents that they have been supposedly governing. By the way, it's worth spending a bit of time, if you have the opportunity, to look at just how many Hamas leaders reside abroad and how they benefit from the millions and millions of dollars that annually are supposedly earmarked for the benefit of the Palestinian people, not for the benefit of the Hamas leadership. From Israel's perspective, once they have accomplished their stated goals, ensuring that Hamas can no longer govern and control the Gaza Strip and use it as their base to attack Israel, there will be a need to ensure that whatever governing body replaces Hamas will be able to guarantee the security of Israel. So for the time being, until a replacement government is up and running in Gaza, Israel sees no option but to play a role. Look, 
any other country in the same position would do the same thing. But that doesn't matter. Stand by for further cries of occupation or colonizer from the well-funded mobs on the streets. Okay, after the break, South Korean intelligence agencies are giving us deeper insight into what Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un are each getting out of their blossoming romance and Russian relations with the West just went from bad to worse. I'll be right back. You've heard it said, and it's true. Time is our most precious commodity. And the question is, how can you spend it wisely to improve yourself and the people around you? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you about a great way to continue the lifelong process of learning, and that's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subjects. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. Correct. I did say free. As an example, sign up for Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the U.S. Constitution. Now, in this 12-lecture course, you'll explore the design and purpose of the Constitution, the challenges it faced during the Civil War, and how it's been undermined for more than a century by progressivism and liberalism. The course is self-paced, so you can start whenever and wherever. Enroll now in Constitution 101. Our country needs more Americans who understand the Constitution and can defend the freedom of the American people against the encroachments of an increasingly large and unaccountable government. Go right now to hillsdale.edu pdb to enroll. There's no cost, and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu pdb to register. Welcome back. We're gaining more insight into the relationship between North Korea and Russia, and particularly what each side is gaining from their arrangement. Coming off the heels of a face-to-face meeting in September between Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin, South Korean intelligence is reporting that Russia is assisting North Korea in the development and deployment of their latest spy satellite. Officials said Monday that this collaboration will likely result in another attempt by the North Korean government to launch a satellite within the coming months. As you may remember, the DPRK attempted to launch their latest spy satellite in May, and again in August, but both attempts failed due to technical issues. Now, as you might imagine, it's not as if Putin is providing critical technical support to the North Korean satellite industry out of the goodness of his heart. There's a tit-for-tat going on here. While the Russians helped to bolster North Korea's intelligence capabilities, it appears that North Korea is supplying Russia with various types of much-needed missiles and munitions to support their war efforts in Ukraine. This is in addition to previously reported shipments of ammunition and shells to supply the beleaguered Russian military. So, what do the strengthening ties between these two nations mean for the geopolitical order? Well, officials fear North Korea will be able to engage in greater military provocations with the West through their acquisition of Russian know-how. Their military ties with Russia, along with expanded trade between the two countries, will also serve to strengthen the Eastern power bloc at a time when the Chinese regime is also flexing its muscle on the world stage. 
with the end goal, of course, of reordering the global power structure. Now, as Russia's relationship with North Korea is getting stronger, its relations with the West are going in the opposite direction, with both sides bailing on a landmark treaty meant to keep the peace and maintain a balance of power. The U.S. and its NATO allies announced yesterday that they will formally suspend their participation in the Conventional Armed Forces in Europe Treaty, or the CFE, on December 7th. If you're not familiar with the CFE, this treaty limited the number of troops, tanks, artillery, and aircraft that either side could deploy into the region. With these restrictions out of the way, the U.S. and its allies will be able to deploy a greater number of forces along the borders of NATO member states, and this includes countries that share a border with Ukraine, like Romania and Bulgaria. The announcement of a formal suspension by the U.S. and NATO comes after Russia had already officially withdrawn from the agreement, a move that Putin gave notice of back in May. It should be noted that Russian leadership had made a habit out of ignoring aspects of the agreement since the 1990s and officially suspended their own participation back in 2007 before their surprise invasion of Georgia in 2008. I know, you and I are shocked that the Putin regime wouldn't abide by the terms of an agreement that they had made. This is just the latest landmark arms control agreement from the Cold War era to collapse since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Putin formally suspended the last remaining nuclear arms treaty with the U.S. in February of this year, and just last week withdrew their ratification of a nuke test ban treaty. All right, coming up in the back of the brief. As domestic tensions regarding the Israel-Palestine conflict continue to escalate, we'll discuss the tragic death of a 69-year-old Jewish man at the hands of a pro-Palestinian protester in California. I'll be right back. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, we made it through winter. Look at that. And spring, well, it's in full bloom, which of course means summer is just around the corner. You see how I figured that out? And that means more time spent outdoors. Not to mention, you got to get into summer shape, huh? Factor can help you spend less time in the kitchen and make sure you're eating well and meeting your wellness goals. Factor's no prep, no mess meals save time and help with getting and keeping you in great shape for summer. Thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals, with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. 
Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Seriously, it's going to be beach time soon. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, no prepping, no cooking or cleaning up. Factor is part of our meal routine at the Baker Compound. And I can tell you, food is delicious and it's a complete time saver. Head to factormeals.com slash pdb50, that's five zero, and use code pdb50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code pdb50 at factormeals.com slash pdb50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back. In today's Back of the Brief, we're going to end on a tragic and, and sad note. America's divide over the Israel-Hamas war continues to escalate, and now it appears to have turned fatal. This week, 69-year-old Paul Kessler lost his life following a dispute that turned violent during dueling pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian rallies. The Ventura County Medical Examiner's Office attributes his death to a blunt force head injury, classifying it as a homicide. Details surrounding the altercation remain scarce, though a social media image captured Kessler before the incident, proudly holding an Israeli flag at a local intersection. While it wasn't caught on camera, eyewitnesses claim that Kessler fell backwards into the concrete during a physical altercation with a pro-Palestinian demonstrator. As the investigation unfolds, the Ventura County Sheriff's Office has not dismissed the potential of a hate crime. An officer briefly detained a suspect at his residence while executing a search warrant, though they later released him. Now, to be clear, law enforcement is doing the right thing by being measured and ensuring that they conduct a thorough investigation to make sure they have all the facts. But an interesting point here is that for the media, in these types of situations, facts rarely matter, meaning that if we had the opposite situation a pro-Palestinian protester dying from being assaulted by a pro-Israeli protester, there would be an incredible outcry from the media and social media. It would be all you'd hear about for days. There'd be angst-filled op-eds being crapped out daily, decrying the rise of Islamophobia and the threat that it poses to democracy. But the reality is, we have a dead pro-Israel protester, apparently struck and killed by a pro-Palestinian protester, and the media well, they can't duck and cover quick enough to avoid having to report on it. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Wednesday, 8 November. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.